feeling, an emotional state or reaction, showing emotion or sensitivity. At the very core of the feeling triad lies the heart. Twos, threes, and fours all take in life through their emotions and feelings. However, as we dive deeper, we see that each number has a unique set of emotions and beliefs they hold on to. This week, we are digging into the feeling triad from the Enneagram to understand how each personality walks through life. We discuss how each number reacts in different situations, how they process relationships, and how we can see God in the specific triad. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the answers. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And we are your hosts. So today we're talking about the Enneagram. We're carrying on our conversation about the Enneagram, and this is part two of that. Mm -hmm. The first episode we talked about, episode 64, this is episode 65, by the way. Episode 64, we talked about uh, just what the Enneagram is, just a general overview of that. We talked about... Uh, just how we can apply it to our lives, what good it does for us, and how it can help us to fulfill the greatest commandments of loving your neighbor and loving God. Today, we're going to dive into the meat of this conversation. We're going to be talking about the very first of the triads we're going to be hitting. It's a little out of order from the book we've been talking about. We're referencing The Road Back to You by Ian Crone. And uh, we're, we're going a little out of order from him just because of the way we have some things lined up. But we're going to be starting with the heart triad, and that's numbers two, three, and four, right? Elaine? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be talking about those three numbers. So, hey, maybe you'll learn if this is you. And if you already know it's you, then uh, stick around because we're going to be talking about how that helps you to understand yourself, love your neighbor, and, of course, love God better. But before we get into that, just a few quick things. We finally got this studio set up. Oh my word. This it has took been about like what, two weeks fully yeah. to do everything to paint, to make the desk, to buy the shelves, to buy the storage, to get, get it all out put the together. room. Yeah. We didn't see our kitchen or living room for about a week and a half. But the flip side to that is now we can do things the way we've wanted to do them for so long. And so you might actually be able to start catching clips of video because we're videoing this right now. We are no longer just voices floating off through the Internet, but there's faces behind them finally. Uh, that being said, literally for the last hour and a half, we've been trying to fix audio issues which is a nightmare because we had cables that did not want to work right and we have been having issues because we have new laptops and new everything and it's just, oh man, it's been an experience and a half. But we're there, we're up and going. Finally. And Finally. Uh, we're going to make it work and here we are. We're, we're ready to talk. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. Well, you have a new podcast coming out. New podcast, Itinerant. It comes out next month in June Biblical History Beyond the Bible. So if you want to stay up to date on that, uh, we'll be dropping out emails, etc. So we'll keep you posted on all things itinerant as it comes down the pipeline. And also just one more reminder, we have a community for y'all and we would love for you to be a part. We do not want to be the only faces and voices present here. It's the Reckless Community. The links are in the show notes below and we would love to invite you to come and to have conversation and to ask questions and to just be there for each other. But let's get right into today's episode on the Enneagram Heart Triad, numbers two, three, and four. So last week, throughout our overview, we talked about all these different things of stress and security numbers, wings, 
how you react in healthy situations or unhealthy situations. And we kind of hinted on what triads were. So there's nine numbers and there's three triads with three numbers for each one. So today we're going to be talking about the feeling or heart triad. So two, three, and four. And these numbers are often driven by feelings. Twos typically focus on their emotions and feelings. Outwardly, they're very helpful people. Threes often have trouble recognizing their own or other people's feelings. And so some of that connectivity kind of, I guess, goes away or they're not able to fully understand it. And then fours concentrate their attention inwardly on their own feelings. They're very introspective. They understand their feelings and people's feelings around them, but it's very introverted. It's very thought-provoking, I guess. And so they just, all three of these numbers take in and relate to life from the heart. And they're actually more image conscious than a lot of the other numbers from the Enneagram. Let's just start off by talking about twos. Twos are known as the helper, and we're going to talk about what makes a healthy two, what makes an average two, and what makes an unhealthy two. Elaine? So, for the healthy twos, they can often name their own needs and feelings without fear of losing relationships. They can talk about what they need, what they desire, without fear of friends or family walking away or judging them. Um, They're very happy and very secure. They have appropriate boundaries. They're comfortable. They feel safe. And they're a friend to many, and they're very well adaptable. Yeah, and so that's a great uh, just general overview. Just I think about when I think about like the helper, I think about those people who just want to see other people succeed. They don't want to see other people struggling. They just have this desire to to open themselves up and to just pour out love and and affection and uh, to do anything they can to make your life just that much more enjoyable, that much more pleasurable, and to just try to assist you the best they can. They're they're, they're friendly and they're able to just uh, to take whatever circumstance that you're in and to just help you. Uh, pull through it or just to get the best out of it. And they're just these uh, just desirable people, really, if you think about it. But whenever you go into like the average side of a two, uh, they're convinced that their expression of their needs and feelings will automatically threaten the stability of their relationships. They don't know how to to um, embrace their own feelings, to embrace their own uh, their own needs, really. Uh, they're very generous, but sometimes they expect something in return. They feel like they're giving out, but they're not getting back, and that can lead them to a really bad place of burnout. And they have really bad, poor boundaries and generally only know themselves in relation to other people. They're constantly gauging uh, their level of, I guess, really stature in life. Stature, self-worth. Yeah, based on how other people view them. And then they're very attracted to powerful people who they believe will define them and they use flattery to pull them in. Uh, the helper is someone who people naturally are kind of drawn to because they, uh, I mean, who doesn't like a little helping hand, you know? They're they're naturally uh, drawn to those types of people and so they try to, uh, like I said, in an average or kind of middle ground state, they're wanting to pull those people in so they can um, feel better about themselves, really, right? Mm-hmm. And so what about unhealthy twos? So unhealthy twos are, they, they tend to be insecure. They tend to be very manipulative and often play the role of the martyr. They kind of have this feeling of you need me to help you. And they don't invest by trying to earn love by meeting others' needs, but they always expect high return on investment, meaning they desire friendships, they desire stable relationships, they desire that community, but they're not always giving back. They're not always doing their part. They're very codependent, and they can be really needy at times in an unhealthy state. Personality is very fluid, and you can come in and out of all of these different things all 
the time. You can be healthy in one area of your life and very unhealthy in the next. It's a very balance, like a kind of a back and forth balancing act. And that's just the beauty of what the Enneagram offers is for you to be able to go, oh, wait, now I'm understanding what these areas are. So maybe right now this is hitting home for a bit, you know, for a few of you, maybe that sounds like you. Well, what is the uh, deadly sin of the two? Pride. Honestly, like kind of going back to the, well, you need me, you need my help. You can't sustain your life in your own. So you need me to give you my opinion or you need me to help you in this because you aren't fully capable of handling your own business or buying your own things or like I people who um are twos their sin is pride of they don't need anything or at least they won't tell you that they need anything but they know you need them Mm -hmm. yeah they're also very conscious of uh of criticism they're very sensitive to criticism because whenever you're out when you're pouring yourself out for other people, you want that return often, you know, you want to feel that, that need or that desire, that affection back towards you. And uh, I know the criticism aspect is really big with them as well. Uh, they really feed on words of appreciation. They, they, they long to be uh, just appreciated to feel that love, I guess, just to understand that people do love them, but they also have an issue on uh, asking people for help in their own needs. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really big thing with twos as well. A lot of times twos don't really know how to receive love or receive help whenever they're offered it because they're so used to giving it out. It's not something that they receive very easily. And uh, they have a huge fear of humiliation and rejection as is. They always feel like there's a strings attached kind of mentality with everything that happens to them. (laughs) One of the self-limiting beliefs of twos is that they believe that you have to be needed before you are loved. They feel like they're not capable of being loved in relationships and, you know, romantic relationships or friendships. They feel like if somebody needs them, that means they love them. They, They often feel like if they don't if somebody doesn't need their help, they feel that they aren't loved or accepted by that person. So how can twos uh, use their their God-given personality to, to really just love others? Well, they have an amazing way of making people feel safe and comfortable. They're often the person that people go to whenever they have questions about major life decisions. They're the people that will stay up with you all night just listening to your story and understanding you. They're not judgmental. They're very accepting of others. Yeah, and I think that's just that's the beauty of of the the two just as a whole is their ability to just constantly pour out. Honestly, it's one of the best numbers for pouring out that love. And of course, being in the heart triad, the feeling triad, it's easy for that. But but they really just they they radiate that. And when they're healthy, they radiate that on other people. And those are the people that it's just it's easy to feel the love of Christ through them because they just pour it out. They're the kind of um, people that you often see. Uh, in servant leadership at churches, the type of people who are busting their butts day in and day out. Sometimes it's for the wrong reason. Sometimes it's from an unhealthy side because they're trying to find approval from leadership and they're looking for that self-righteousness or that self-fulfilling nature that they really they really desire. But also it's because they have a genuine desire to help people and to serve. And so that's just, that's their personality. I think twos could really use a lot of... Um, just realizing that their needs are important too. And that's a great way to just love themselves because you have to love yourself before you can really love others. You have to love, I mean, we are God's creation. God created us as well. And so if we don't love ourselves, it's hard to love others. And I think those of us uh, who, not me personally, but those of us who identify as a two uh, could really just use just that realization of like, man, my needs are vitally important as well. I, I don't need to neglect how I feel about something to try to better someone else uh, all the time. Like, of course, there are times where we have to put our needs aside to help others, but that's not an all-the-time thing. You also have to take time for you. And if you don't, that leads you to a place of burnout. That can actually push you into that negative mindset. That's not good for anyone. And so then how can uh, choose, just in your opinion, how do choose really just love God? Like what, how can they use their personality to, to show affection toward God and to show God to others? Well, I think their personality just exhibits God's love. You know, God is always going to be there for you. He's always going to listen to you. You know, he, God, you can go to God for anything. And 
And twos are often those people, you know, they're loving, they're non-judgmental and, you know, God doesn't judge you. He, you know, he's always there for you. And, and they just express that like emotional sense of love where you just feel like you can come to God with anything, when he, with any question you have or any emotion that you're wanting to express, like twos are just there for you as God is there for you. Yeah. I really, I really agree with that. I think that's, that's vital. And, and, uh, I think it's just, I mean, we've, we've said already, like, to just pour that out. And so it's it's really um, beautiful just how they can exhibit the love of Christ. But at the same time, it's beautiful in how a two is able to do that toward Christ as well. You're able to look at God in just that way of of understanding what, he's, what he needs, what he desires, you know, as a creator who desires intimacy and relationship. You're really able to just kind of just kind of encompass that and understand that at a deeper level than so many others. And so I know we talked about um, how every number has a wing. So let's just talk real quick about uh, the two different wings so people can kind of better understand maybe where they fall on that spectrum. Twos have the wing one or wing three, which I know we haven't talked about one or three yet, but a little overview of twos with one wings is that they're concerned about doing things properly they're concerned about being perfect and, and how they're helping and they're more critical of themselves mm-hmm. and and they feel like they have a higher responsibility and then they're more controlling and more prone to guilt. Yeah, and of course that's just that adapting the characteristics of the one which is the perfectionist, right? And then of course twos with a three wing are more ambitious, more image conscious or even a little more competitive. They're much more extroverted and sometimes uh, they can be very concerned with those relationships and connections around them. They're more confident, so they can tend to achieve more or at least seem to achieve more in the eyes of others. And uh, their successfulness is close to how they feel love, and being successful is close to being love to them. They actually feel a sense of love via success. And, of course, threes are the performers, so they kind of adapt some of those on them as well. And that's just different characteristics of the two. After understanding the wings that numbers have, there are also the stress and security numbers. Kind of what we talked about in the overview last week, where whenever you're healthy or unhealthy is whatever personality you kind of resort to. So for whenever twos are stressed, they take on the characteristic behaviors of an unhealthy eight. So they're very demanding and controlling either directly or they're highly manipulative and they often blame others for their unhappiness. They don't really take the responsibility for their own actions and they can kind of be aggressive. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all probably think of someone who's just the most helpful person, but when they're in just a really a really stressful time, they can become very aggressive. They can they can definitely um, take on a little bit of that victim mentality. And that's not exclusive to twos by any means, but it is definitely something that when you're used to pouring out your heart, that can manifest. Mm-hmm. But in security, they move to a, a really a healthy side of a four. And I know we're throwing a bunch of numbers around. Remember the Enneagram points and pulls from different sides of things. And so it would probably really help to look at that diagram that we're, uh, we threw up as the the cover art, we're going to do that for all of these series. It'll be a little bit different for each one, but we'll have cover art so you can kind of get an idea for where everything points to, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but they really do, they take on um, the healthy side of a four where they're okay with not having to pretend to love everybody. They they understand that there are just some people that they're not, that you don't have to be as close to as others. They have an understanding of the need for self-care and focus inward. That just goes back to what we were talking about, how to love uh, to love yourself better in that as someone who constantly is used to giving out. They can invest in themselves creatively and allow expression through their creativity, and they can feel good about themselves even if it's not actively helping someone else. And that is just like, that, that to me is like the, the meat and potatoes of how to really just sum up like how to be a healthy Two is just learning that place of how you can feel good about yourselves, even if you're not actively working for something. I don't know. I would imagine like James in the Bible was probably a two because he's a two or a three, maybe like a two wing three because he's like faith without works is dead, you know? 
And I, I can honestly say, like, I could, I could see him being, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here, but I could see James being a two with a three wing. So how um, spiritually do twos blossom? How can they grow? One of the ways that twos can learn to grow is by being able to love people free of charge. They don't, they, they can love people without always having to extend help or even vice versa. People can love that they need to realize that they are lovable even if they can't offer somebody something. That yeah. they, even if they can't physically or mentally help somebody, that they're still capable of being loved. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times twos think that they're serving people, but they're really not. Not everyone's always looking to be helped. And I think that just a lot of spiritual renewal and refreshing of, of a two soul can come from when they realize like they don't have to be helping someone. They're able to just to live and to enjoy. They don't have to always be pouring out. And and really I, I don't know this personally, but I could really see how a two would would suffer from the glass always half empty kind of mentality, at least only in their brain, not maybe not extrovertedly, but in their mind, because you're always pouring out, you're always pouring out, you're always pouring out. But let me let me be one to tell you if you're a two, it's okay to take in. It's okay to be filled up. It's much better to overflow with good than it's it okay is to, to constantly be dumping out. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It's okay to give help when it's needed, but it's also okay not to. And it's also okay to ask for help. So it's just a sum up of that. Twos are someone always helping, always pouring out. Uh, they're easy to be loved by others and to show uh, love to their neighbor. That's an easy thing for a two to do, but they have to be careful not to get um, loathful of someone's lack of appreciation or lack of desire for their help. And uh, so they have to be careful of that very thing when they're trying to help others. Also, take some time to love yourself. It's okay. So let's talk about threes. Threes are the performer. What's a healthy three like? A healthy three is where they love to set goals. They love to rise to challenges. They love to solve problems. They're very being instead of doing mindset. They feel valuable and they're very focused. Yeah, and then an average three, you look down to an average three, and they're, um, they have a very big push uh, to overachieve. Uh, they spend too much time at work or at the gym or on, on whatever it is that they're pursuing currently. They're highly driven, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but almost can be overly driven. Uh, love is seen to them as something earned, not necessarily given. And they're very confident in their abilities, but they're also very image conscious. They're constantly worrying that a poor performance will cause them to lose standing in other people's eyes, that, that they'll be knocked down, that they won't be viewed as if, uh, I guess, at the stature that they, they feel that they should be viewed at. And then, of course, unhealthy threes, they find failure as just unacceptable. Like, that's just not okay. Like, if they fail, it is literally like the world is ending, the sky is falling to them. They're unable to admit mistakes, and they often can act like superior to others. They can get that superiority complex going really bad. They get very desperate for attention. Um, they look for it everywhere and everything. They're always looking for attention. And they can definitely begin to fabricate some stories to maintain that image so it can lead to a lot of lying. They can be petty, they can be mean, they can be very vengeful people as well. So what is their deadly sin, Eileen? The biggest issue that three struggle with is deceit. And it's not necessarily lying to other people. A lot of the times they actually deceive themselves. Hmm. That's interesting. And so they often lose touch with who they authentically are. They deceive themselves as this image that they're not actually called to be. They and so they like you said they fabricate stories to make them seem superior. They they often make themselves feel like, "Well, I have to accomplish this to order in order to be loved." And so they're deceiving themselves of that they're only capable of being loved if they have, you know, strong accomplishments. Yeah, they're very social chameleons. I mean, like, they can blend in with anyone. They can make you make you love them, honestly. Like, just being 
completely blunt. They can, um, really, they can just uh, walk into a situation, fill out the room just like that, and adapt. And it's just, it's an interesting ability of the threes in general. They definitely they change depending on who's in the room. They change to to fit the environment. They read that room, like I said, just instantaneously. And whoever's in the room at any given time, they're going to adapt to the overall feel of it to keep themselves from being viewed as inferior or an outcast because they desire that that community, that that involvement. Threes are often very optimistic. They're very resilient. They're um, they have huge dreams and they want to inspire others. It's often said America in general, the American dream, right? Like to be successful in America, you have to be a three. Basically, if you think of like every big self-help, everyone like that right now is a three. That is just the mentality that is being driven home. Uh, they talk a lot about people's dreams and they celebrate other people's accomplishments and they don't flaunt their own achievements as much. Um, they're generous, they're wise, and they love to volunteer. They're always striving and sometimes they'll pretend to be interested in the conversation when they're actually not. Um, I think we're all probably guilty of that a little bit, but threes have a tendency to gravitate toward that for sure. They have more difficulty recognizing and connecting to their own feelings than uh, more than any other number, really. And that's just because they're so used to putting their identities on other people and feeling out those people and how how to feel in those situations versus how they actually feel. Well, it's often said that they do feelings rather than have feelings. They don't accept that they're, you know, that they're emotion driven. That's why they're in this triad. But like we had said previously, they often have difficulty understanding their emotions and other people's emotions, and they aren't able to just pick up on those. They don't know how to process emotions. They don't like admitting that they have emotions. One of their biggest cares, honestly, is efficiency in completing the task at hand. They think that feelings are messy and don't really need much time given to them. They prefer to work on things than feel things. They're just, they're, they are the go-getters, honestly. They're the ones that go out and bust it to try to be successful, to try whatever their field of operation is, wherever you find them, they're the ones that are really just the workhorses of forward progress. So how do threes love others? For a healthy three, loving others isn't hard. They honestly, they care. They genuinely care about other people. It's easy for them to pour out their heart to, or to uh, to allow others to pour out their heart to them. And they want others to succeed. They want others to, to make it. And it's easy for them to just allow, almost like conduit for that kind of energy to flow. And people walk away feeling inspired and excited. But for an unhealthy three, that's not so much the case because oftentimes they blend in with those around them for no other reason but elevating their own social status. They do it, uh, they listen, but they're not receiving. They, they hear, but they're not really present in the conversation, and that can lead to people pouring out their heart because it's easy to do to a, to a three because, like we said, they're those social chameleons. They're the ones that... That they just you feel comfortable talking to them. You feel comfortable with uh, with their stories and their in their behaviors. But even at an unhealthy level, it can be hard to tell the difference sometimes because they're still engaged with you. They're just not mentally engaged with you. And so, just be careful if you are a three. If that's you, be very careful to always. Uh, give yourself the conversation properly. Catch yourself in those moments and say, you know what? No, I need to to really give myself to these people to, to fulfill that commandment uh, of loving others. I don't need to just go through the motions because that's not beneficial to anyone. So how do threes love themselves better? So threes need to understand that they can be loved even if they're not successful, that they are capable of being loved and desired even if they failed an exam or even mm -hmm. if they didn't do well in their business venture. They're not a fraud. They're not a fake. They're not unlovable because they made a mistake or that they felt an, an intense emotion. Like They need to understand that they're okay even that they are capable of being loved despite their shortcomings. Yeah. And then I think uh, one of the last things that's super interesting to me about just how 
threes can love God uh, better or to understand God's love for them. Growing up in the background of church I had, it was kind of commonplace to feel as if God was punishing you if you did something wrong. And that's a very three mentality. Honestly, if you think about it, it's a very three mentality to think, oh, I did something bad. Now I'm going to receive the blunt of the punishment. I'm not as worthwhile. I'm not worth it anymore. And we have this filthy rags mentality in Christianity a lot of times. It's just like, I've made the mistake. Now I have to deal with this and I have to take all this on. That's completely polar opposite of what the story of Jesus is. That's completely opposite of what Christianity is supposed to be. This is a narrative we push so often. And so speaking to everyone here, but especially to the threes, if you have made mistakes, if you have shortcomings, which we all do and we all have, God is not out there waiting on you to make those mistakes to throw some kind of uh, curse at you or to punish you. He wants you to be free in that and to realize that despite our shortcomings, we are able to overcome those things, to be free of those things, and to, to have life and to have freedom in that. And we're not able to, to live the way we are supposed to live. We're not able to do the things we're supposed to do if we're constantly living under this fear of of our own shortcomings. And God's love is so much bigger than that. So let's touch on real quick just what a three with a a four wing and a three with a two wing looks like. So a three with a four wing has a very rich inner life. They're a lot more introspective and in touch with their shame and other feelings that they have. They're very sensitive and artistic and can sometimes be emotionally intense. And they work carefully on crafting the right image. Yeah, and then threes with a two wing they're charming, they're intimate, they're great entertain, uh, entertainers. You see them a lot as politicians and salespeople because they're able to really just identify with with people. They make good pastors. They can, in the wrong sense, they can be a little more angry or hostile at times. And they need to be stars, but they also help others be successful as well. Threes with uh, two wings are very... Um, have the mindset of like, it's not all about me. I'm going to help. If, if I'm climbing the successful ladder, you're coming with me. They, they lock arms with other people. Right. And when they're unhealthy, they yeah. do the exact opposite. They yeah. kind of, they kick the, yeah. yeah, they kick people off the ladder to keep other people from getting up there to them as well. Or they, they pretend like they're on your side when they're, when they're not. So whenever they're in a, uh, in stress, and this is something like we said, we we're talking about stress and security here. Whenever you feel like the way the world's coming on you versus you feel free and you can kind of this is a good way of just kind of gauging like where you're at when you feel uh as a three you are in stress um you definitely take on the characteristics of an unhealthy nine and so what that means is you tend to lose yourself in unproductive uh, unproductive just busy work you can be wore out you can feel wore down you lose optimism and confidence and you start to really doubt yourself uh, it's easy to start lacking motivation and to feel washed out and, and really just kind of hopeless almost, I would say. Mm-hmm. Whenever threes feel secure, they move to the positive side of six where they're warmer and in, they're in touch with their feelings and feelings of others are able to pick up on that. And they often become less competitive and less defensive and they have more energy to devote to their family and friends and less on their, you know, their work life and they no longer feel like they need to be the star or they no longer feel like they have to be in control and they're able to be loved as who they are and not because of what they accomplished. Yeah. And just some of the great things that feed into a a three's spirit is, is it's good to have those friends and family who are able to love you as who you are to have people around you who don't view your success as, as who you are. It's easy to get identified by your work but as a three you really need people around you who are going to identify you for just your heart and your your spirit we all need to hear that we're loved but threes need to hear this message the absolute most they need this more than any other number because love and work are so easily interchangeable with them so they need to feel that authentic love so just as a recap on everything there 
threes are uh, the proverbial American dream go-getters who are going to go out of their way to try to um, just achieve the big audacious things in life. They're the ones who can be social chameleons, who can be extremely um, engaged in what you're saying and want to help you if they're healthy, but can also be very uh, unhealthy and check out of conversations and fake it till they make it type mm. of mentality. Uh, to love God better, they need to understand that they're not always going to be judged for their shortcomings. To love others better, they need to remember to be engaged in what's actually being said and to try to uh, really just allow conversation to happen and to help those people and realize that other people's success is not threatening their own. And to love themselves, they need to realize that their identity isn't on what they do. It's who they are. And they don't have to try to achieve more to get um, the love from other people. So let's move on to the last number of this episode. And that is the fours. And Elaine, I'm just going to turn this over to you because this number is near and dear to your heart. So the fours are the romantics. I feel like in the try of the three numbers in the feeling and emotion triad, I feel like fours are the most in tune to those emotions, especially on a deeper introspective level. And so I'm I'm a four. I relate to this even whenever I was reading through um, the Road Back to You book. I was like, okay, this is reading my mail. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm like, this is why I'm that way. And I don't like knowing this. Mm -hmm. But so healthy fours, they are able to manage their emotions they don't have to speak or they don't have to act out on every emotion that they have. If they're angry, they don't have to lash out on everybody. Or if they're sad about something, they don't have to be overly depressed about everything and woe is me mentality. And they know that they don't have to be special to win God's love. You know, they found a way to live for the most part out of shame and inferiority. They're deeply creative and very emotionally honest and connected and to and attuned to beauty. I feel like I flourish whenever I am in a healthy mindset. I, I feel like I have more creative ideas and I feel like I can accept whenever I'm in a moody mood. Like I can be like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm I'm acting like this and I'm able to spot that out. Yeah, and so an average for they can time they can they can tend to struggle daily with just learning to accept themselves. Uh, they kind of seek their identity by exaggerating that uniqueness. They have that just longing to be different. And uh, they can come off as a little coy or they can be kind of hard to get. But they want to be wanted. So that's they, they come across as if like, no, you can't approach me. But they want to be approached. That is so you. I know. I completely attest to this. Yes. Our first date, she was like stone cold. And like the whole time, I was like, I hope he likes me. But you did not get that vibe at you all. did not. I thought like you hated my guts. Hey, but that's okay because later that night we actually started dating. So it worked. Persevere through the four, okay? <laughs> you got to bust through that outer wall. Uh, they can tend to be a little melancholic they can kind of let that go unchecked a bit and it can kind of cause painful distance between themselves and others. They can be moody. They can be a bit melodramatic and needy and self-pitying at times, but that kind of starting to move into unhealthy fours and they can be manipulative. They can play the role of a victim like nobody else, to create or maintain relationships in their lives. They can really, I guess, just be lacking when compared to others. They can feel like they are lesser than than others around them. Like sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough whenever I'm compared to other people. Right. They feel so much shame. uh, They're unable to connect to the very part of themselves that believes they can change and be better and that shame just kind of tries to really just grab a hold of them we talked about that shame in threes and how that shame is uh about their accomplishments well the shame in a four is more to do with how they just view themselves as a whole and how they view others view them so what is the deadly sin of a four Elaine? envy is four's 
most deadliest sin. They feel like something essential is missing from their life. They're not exactly sure what that is, whether it was taken from them or they're to blame for that. But they just have this inner sense of abandonment, loss and separation. And so, you know, they envy other people's normalcy. They envy other people's happiness and sense of comfort. They're on their they instantly spot when somebody has a more interesting life or a happier family, a better job, a higher responsibility or privilege, and they kind of become envious of that and chase after other people's lives. Yeah. I know they also have a really big fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. and that really, it's interesting because they can play hard to get, but I think it's because they're being uh, they're afraid of being abandoned in the first place. And they can be a bit possessive as well. Just a few other little things about fours. They're prone to melancholy. They can really get involved in the whole. I don't know. I, don't, I think of like emo teenagers. I'm sorry. I know you were one. Though, I was so I can, an emo I can teenager, call you that, but, but so were you. Yeah, well. Sad songs yeah, were the soundtrack to my life and still are. And I'm not even like a sad person generally. I just, I just love the very like ooh gut. Yeah, but that melancholy, the happiness, and being sad. This they desire to feel emotions. That's the thing about fours to realize. It's not that they're depressed people or they're lamenting people they they just desire to feel those emotions and uh that's just their ultimate their ultimate pull they can sometimes spiral off into that even into that melodrama they're prone to theatrics they need to be loved but also um are special and unique and not like everyone else they need to feel like they're not like everyone else they need to feel distinguished and different they can be drawn to sad stories and to tragedy and like they can really feed off of off of someone else's hurt and they and i say that it's not that they are parasitic in the sense that they, they don't enjoy other people's pain what i mean by that is they connect with other people's hearts they have this ability to connect with someone else in a heart to heart kind of way that really, um, they just, they draw off of that emotion. They need to feel other people's emotions. They're very complex. They're probably the most complex type on the Enneagram. I can attest. I married one. I agree. Lots and lots of layers. Somebody called me an onion the other day. They were like, oh, you just got to peel back a little, little bit of layers. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I, I figured you'd probably identify with that a whole lot. So how can fours better love themselves well fours need to understand that they don't always have to be unique or different and stand out to be loved mm-hmm. and so this triad is all about feeling and emotion and the heart and for fours we need to realize and recognize we don't always have to intensify our emotions we have to realize that um, just because we're sad, that doesn't mean we have to have an awful day or just because we're just like somebody else and have the same interest. That doesn't mean that we're not set apart and that God doesn't love us. Right. And I think that plays into like, how can fours better understand, uh, God's love for them is that's realizing that God did create them as unique, but at the same time, he also created them to be a part and, those emotions they feel are beautiful and wonderful, but they're not to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. And that God is in the good, the bad, but he's also in the ordinary, in the normal. And that he loves them in all their complexities, but those complexities don't have to define them. And then how do uh, fours love others? I, I feel like fours may have a bit of a tendency to belittle others who maybe are a little more normal. But it's okay to be a little more normal. And fours don't have to feel as if uh, they have to maintain relationships through drama or through emotion. They're able to have authentic relationships. And not everyone out there is is going to walk away from them. And abandonment is not something that they should just constantly be in fear of. On the good spectrum of a four, hold on to that ability to connect to people's hearts because that is just, that is so needed. People need to feel that intimacy of connection and they need to not uh, feel alone. And fours have just this amazing way of doing that to latching on to someone's heart, to their emotions, and to just walk there through it with them. So just keep doing that. That is just like the superpower of the four to me. 
So Elaine, what is a four with a three when we just talked about three? So here's the first time we can start really, you know, well, we were able to do it with twos and three. So here's another one we can kind of compare for what we know so far. We have a four with a three wing. Let's talk about that. So a four with a three wing is sandwiched between the performer and the observer. They want to be both the best and most unique person. Their energy is very competitive. They're more aware that they may need to dial back some of their emotions. They realize they don't have to intensify everything. The more outgoing, the more productive. They also have more frequent mood swings. Yeah, fours tend to be very introverted people. Just out of like, like gen generally, introspective people tend to be more introverted people. And fours are very introverted normally. But a four with a three wing is typically more an, a more extroverted version of a four. Not saying they're the most outgoing person on the block or anything, but maybe they're a little bit more ambiverted than than just uh, a four with maybe say a five wing who's much more introverted and and uh yeah i know that's you i know you're a four with a five wing they're more introverted they're a little more in unconventional in their ways of approaching things they're very concerned with being unique as unique as possible your wardrobe attests to that Dear. Well, yeah, because fours with five wings often are eccentric. And so I feel like even just like w my wardrobe, I don't have a specific style because it's all over the place depending mm -hmm. on my mood. But I think it's interesting because you're that way for yourself. Yeah. You don't have a desire necessarily. Fours with five wings don't have a desire necessarily to be noticed by an audience. They're that way because that's what makes them feel confident in themselves. And uh, they're quietly different. They're often very, like you said, eccentric people. And they spend more time alone and find it easier to let their emotions be without having to talk about them or respond with some kind of action. They really can just, that whole introversion, that introspective nature can magnify and magnify. So in stress, how do fours behave? They look and act a lot like unhealthy twos, which we just talked about twos. They Whenever, they're whenever fours are stressed, they kind of can be dependent on others. They crave attention and they need tons of reassurance and affirmation from other people. I just want to pause you right there. Like every single time you're in a very stressful situation, and we're not talking unhealthy here, we're talking stressful, where they go into stress. Uh, you're always like, you come to me like looking for that affirmation. Mm -hmm. You're like, am I this? Am I that? How do you feel about me? That kind of thing. And like, so I can attest to that. Like you yeah. need that whenever you're in a stressful situation. And so often through that jealousy might surface. They're jealous of other people's lives or jealous of other people's productivity. If, if I, you know, like you said, whenever I'm craving that affirmation, attention from somebody, I may often become jealous with somebody who has what I desire to be. Yeah. So talking about security, healthy fours that are secure will take on the traits of a one one being the perfectionist. And so how does that work? Well, they stop talking about their creative side and they actually kind of buckle down and they actually do it. And I know that's something that's really hard for fours is they get kind of lost in their thoughts and lost in their desire to be different and their desire for their dreams and their desire for this creativity that's naturally in them. But whenever they go into that place of security, they start to really just kind of buckle down and put, you know, kind of... Uh, put the pin to the pad and start to get things done. Uh, they're more aware of what's happening in the present instead of just focusing on what's going on up here in their brain. They're more calm and centered people and they're much more successful in their relationships. Fours need security. They need that, that secure atmosphere to allow their relationships to flourish uh, because without it, uh, their brain just kind of go into this place of chaos and their desire for their uniqueness can actually drive people away. And so just realizing that like, hey, we don't have to put up that wall. We can allow people in. A few things that just helps a four spirit grow. They need to hear that there isn't anything missing in their lives. A big thing with a four is they always feel as if there's a little piece missing and they're hunting for that last little bit of themselves. But they need to hear that they're okay and they're complete in their whole. God didn't create us with a gaping hole and missing vital things. And we need to work to regulate and stabilize those emotions. It helps for fours to understand that feelings are like waves. They kind of come and they kind of go and that's okay. We don't have to 
try to even those out become your feelings you don't have to become your feelings like i said earlier just because you like had a bad moment or you're feeling sad that doesn't mean your entire day should be ruined yeah and to learn that it's just it's not all about the four fours like we said are very eccentric and very over the top in a lot of the ways they do things and and fours need to remember it's not necessarily about them and the last thing is just don't get swept up in those emotions don't let those waves take over you. It's okay to to experience your emotions. It's actually beautiful to experience your emotions, but don't let them drag you out to sea and, and kind of, you know, get you lost out in the ocean of them. So just as a recap, uh, fours are very emotional, very introspective people who desire to be unique, desire to express themselves, and are a little over the top, very theatrical, a little bit dramatic. The beautiful thing about fours is their ability to relate to other people. And that's just the thing the fours need to hold on to is just fulfilling that commandment of loving others. Remember to allow yourself to feel what others feel and to hold on to that, which is really your superpower. But don't necessarily allow that fear of abandonment to come in because that's what separates you off from those who you truly love. Remember that God made you unique, but he also made you to be a part. So try to allow yourself to come back in to the fold, out of your mind and into the present. And just remember that your desire to be unique and your desire to experience your emotions is beautiful, but don't be overcome by them. So we have just a simple question this week, and it's kind of a silly one, and that's okay. But we're talking about the feeling triad, the hard triad here. So let me just ask you this. How does this make you feel? How do you feel about all of this that you've just heard? If you've heard about the Enneagram before, how does understanding how to relate to others, how to relate to God, what what feelings arise from that? If this is your first time hearing this, do you feel a bit taken aback? Does it feel a bit weird to you? Does it feel like someone just read your mail? Allow yourself to understand those feelings and to experience them right where you're at. So if any of these numbers stuck out to you or resonated with you being a two, a three, or a four, we would love to know how. Send us a shout out or drop us a message telling us how understanding the Enneagram has allowed you to understand yourself and those around you a little better. Yeah, you can find us at therecklesspursuit.com. There you can send us an email, drop us voicemail, say hi. You can also find us all over social media, especially the Reckless community. Links in the show notes below. We want you to be a part. We're inviting you to come and to allow your voice to be heard. If this episode resonated with you, if you're enjoying these episodes, we ask that you share them on with a friend and go up there and click that subscribe button. Also, if you wouldn't mind, go to the comments below and drop an honest review. It helps us to know what we're doing well and how to better serve you guys. We love you all. Be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon.